Here we go into a Tuesday edition. Welcome in, everybody. Hope your Tuesday is going along just fine. Hour number one, again, as always, we want to thank Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. They will do great work for you. Heating and air needs, you need those taken care of. Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. Parker Thune, how are we doing today? Well, Steely, Brent was in a good mood last night. Look like it, yeah. We're all in a good mood this week, aren't we? Absolutely. Anytime you take down Texas the way the Sooners did over the weekend, it's a, it's a really good week. Perfectly timed off week, I think, for Oklahoma. Bad news on Andrew Anthony's injury season ending. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, Oklahoma, man, right now, they're very much in the uh, college football playoff conversation. Dylan Gabriel, at least, is in the uh, Heisman conversation as well. Uh, again, he's still a dark horse, but he's in that conversation because he's played so well and had a legacy-enhancing drive uh, to lead the Sooners to that victory in the Cotton Bowl over the weekend. I want to start today talking about the reactions to Oklahoma, Texas. Okay. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, I warn you, uh, with the second soundbite, we are going to be chumming the waters for the text line a little bit. But let's start off. Uh, this was Paul Feinbaum, who has been pretty critical of Oklahoma. This was his reaction uh, to the Sooners taking down Texas. I, I, I cannot be more impressed with Brent Venables because I, I really had my doubts. Uh, and you couldn't help but have your doubts after 49 to nothing last year. But he has come of age. We didn't really, we couldn't really tell. And, and I had Oklahoma fans and friends kept telling me, hey, you know, you're wrong. They're great. I said, calm down. You've beaten nobody. Well, I mean, on the biggest stage uh, that they'll play in until they play again <laughs> against Texas. Uh, I mean, that that was just amazing. Uh, and you know, the fact that they had the game won, I mean, that game was over and then they let it slip away and then they got it back, I think just, you know, reinforces how well Venables has progressed as a head coach. And, you know, Dylan Gabriel was, was just uh, pure magic at times to, to watch. Uh, I mean, it, 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 you, you, are, you, you have to forgive the mistakes of considering the atmosphere and the environment and what was going on. But uh, that's, a, that's one of the big wins I've seen in a long time. And it meant so much uh, because there had, been a, there had been a degree of apprehension from Oklahoma people yeah. about coming into the SEC because Texas was the big bad. And they felt like they were just kind of following their, their big brother in, but uh, there's no there's no longer uh, any apprehension, uh, and and SEC fans are already claiming them now for this year. They're trying to get credit for Oklahoma and Texas. I'm sorry, what? I know, you know, a that lot was, of that was pretty good. The and first gets, minute was great, yeah, and then then he gets to this Big Brother deal. I'm like, what? Do you know the recent history of the Oklahoma-Texas series at all? Which Oklahoma people is he talking to? I don't which know. Which Oklahoma people a bunch have of, apprehension? A bunch of wimps, apparently. Jeez. I which, mean, which Oklahoma people would refer to Texas as their big brother? That was surprising right there. That's Paul Feinbaum. So, again, uh, Paul, you did well on about 85% of that. Then you flunked the 15%. That was uh, big brother. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Now, uh, at least a lot of that was pretty good. A lot of it, there was a fumble there in the red zone by Paul Feinbaum. Clearly, big turnover there at the end. But, of course, you have to hear from the dark side. So, here we go. For the Sooners, it feels very good. You were humiliated last year. But here's the reality. Neither one is probably going to face a ranked team the rest of the way, and they're going to they're going to play again. And the Longhorns roster, I'll take that. And revenge now will flip to Texas's side. 
Texas outgained them. Texas probably wouldn't have three turnovers if they played again. Texas lost on the final play. They'll be favored in the next game to win. Texas also beat Bama on the road. Texas has a big road win. That's the advantage of scheduling that and not having Cupcake City. So when Oklahoma plays the next time, all the pressure's on Oklahoma. Texas beat Bama and loses on the final play to Oklahoma. If they beat Oklahoma in any fashion with the win on the road and losing only on the last play to Oklahoma, they'll be in the playoff. I would argue I'd take their roster right now and their quarterback, believe it or not, and the offensive coach, and revenge is a factor, and the win over Bama. Texas is fine. They just got to win the rest of the games, and they'll be favored heavily in all of them. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Man, does you knew that take was coming. Oh though. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And look, I'm doing the same thing that Cowherd does. I'm chumming the waters right now. I want all you fans to uh, weigh in. But the reason I'm playing this kind of stuff is there is this narrative out there from a lot of people, clearly on the Texas side, that oh man, Oklahoma game of a lifetime. How did they do that, man? That was crazy. Oh, there's no way that could happen again. Man, I I can't believe what I saw, you know? Texas not going to have three turns. How many of those were like unforced errors? Did you see Jonathan Brooks running down the field and just drop the ball? Did you see Quinn Ewers under pressure making some throws that the Sooner defensive backs read very well? First one, Gentry Williams. They'd snip that out, man. And then it's not like Oklahoma didn't have a punt block. They gave up their defense. Even though they had some issues, they started to wear down a little bit uh, down the stretch. They gave up 23 points to Texas. And it's almost like the tombstone for the 2023 Texas football team will be, here lies 2023 Texas, they beat Bama, right? I mean, you keep hearing that all the time, but this – this notion out there that somehow Oklahoma played this unbelievable out-of-their-mind game. Oh, my gosh. How did they do it? Oklahoma didn't play their A game either. They weren't really close to their A game in some areas. But you know where they were? A-plus? They were at clutch time. Goal line stand. Five plays, 75 yards, a minute and 17 seconds left in the game. You go down there and win the game under all the pressure. You start that drive in the Texas into the stadium, and you get it done. But this this notion, again, that Oklahoma just played this out-of-their-mind, unbelievable football game, and Texas just, oh, that was the worst, worst Texas ever played. You know, they play again. This isn't going to happen. I'm tired of hearing that because the Sooners didn't bring their A game either. Don't you get the feeling that's what a lot of people are saying about this matchup? Steely, back in 2008, Florida and Oklahoma played for the national title, as you'll recall, the 2008 season, so technically January of 2009. There was a group of five team that year that went undefeated and in the college football playoff era would have had a chance at a national title, but of course we were in the BCS era at that point, so... The Utah Utes did not get a chance to play for a national title. Instead, what they did was they went to the Sugar Bowl and thrashed Alabama. And nobody who had actually watched Utah football all year was all that surprised to see that Utah team do that to Bama. And it feels like there's a lot of the same dynamic right now with this Oklahoma football team. You're outing yourself 
you're telling on yourself if your reaction to Oklahoma's victory over Texas this past weekend was, oh, Oklahoma just played out of their minds. They can't replicate that performance. A, I would argue you didn't watch the game, at least not very closely. And B, you haven't watched Oklahoma football this season. I'm not sure Cowherd watches much football at all. You know, that's not his deal, in my opinion. But again, um, neither team played, you know, you're going to make mistakes in that game. It's a high-stakes, high-pressure game. Uh, Both teams are going to make plays, you know. They're both extremely talented. But, yeah, I'm not surprised at all that Cowherd had that take. But I think there's a lot of national people out there that think, ah, yeah, rematch, you know, Texas – Man, they, they went out there and dropped the ball. And, you know, once they get serious, then they gave up that drive. Is that, could that ever happen again? It's just crazy. That, On the text line. Yep. Deer Creek Sooner says, Feinbaum is indicative of the laziness of the national media who are just now waking up to the softness of mule shoe coached teams. KW918 says, I may not have a platform like Cowturd, but I know football, and I bet when they play again, Texas won't score 20 points. The only success they were having was the RPO passing game. BV and the boys will solve that problem for next time. Rocket Sooner points out, I'm pretty sure the narrative was the same when we played Florida State in 2000. Yeah, sometimes, uh, again, well, Snoop Menace didn't play in that game. You lose your best receiver. Oklahoma, again, they played the 90-year-old Heisman Trophy winner in that game, Chris Winkie, and shut him down pretty much. By the way, you're trying to get got on the text line by gotcha guy. Uh-oh. Gotcha. There's a gotcha guy in the 918 that says, Steely, you keep saying it was a five-play drive. It was a six-play drive. You're not entirely wrong. However, the pass interference, pass interference penalty yeah. does not go down in the books as an official play. Yeah. So, so you look at the box score, it's going to say five plays, 75 yards. But you're right. There was another play, and that was the PI. Correct. So we're both kind of right. From a listener in the 405, the rhetoric all over social media right now is that Texas beat themselves. Now, look, there were instances in which Texas didn't do themselves any favors, but with a minute 17 to go, that game was in the hands of Dylan Gabriel and the Oklahoma Sooners, Mm -hmm. and they went and took it. Winning time. They went and won that. Right there at winning time. One team came through, the other did not. So, all right, 405-651-3439. That was our ortho central clip of the day, by the way. The Feinbaum clip, not the uh, Cowherd clip. Cowherd doesn't get that distinction. That's right. Ortho central wants nothing to do with Cowherd. That's exactly right. And they don't want 15% of the uh, Feinbaum clip either. I just got word from them. No, 85%. Ortho central with clinics in Norman, Midwest City. Tri-City location now as well. Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. These full-service clinics are the very best at treating orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. We're just getting warmed up. Hour number one underway. We've got, uh, by the way, Dennis Stats Kelly is going to join us at 135. He's got that new book, Sooners Forever. Uh, We're going to get his thoughts on Oklahoma, Texas, and let him tell you a little bit more about his book with Coach Merb. And we're also going to find out, like, who is the – who is the – most problematic person on OU radio road trips. I think we should do that, too. It can't be Dennis. Maybe it is Dennis. We'll find out. My money's on Drake. Yeah, I would say Drake's a favorite. Stay with us. Coming up here on The Ref. Back with you. Tuesday edition. Mike Steele, Parker Thune with you here in the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. Off week for the Sooners, then back at it. 11 a.m. kickoff. 
when they host Central Florida. It's clear from some of the sound clips of these national people that they don't watch a lot of football, particularly Cowherd. And if he does watch, probably doesn't see it very well, would be my guess. So you know what he needs? The new LASIK. Or as we like to call it, lens replacement. Lens replacement provides a permanent solution to your vision needs. And unlike LASIK, which often leaves patients needing reading glasses or adjusting to monovision, lens replacement can eliminate the need for additional eyewear post-surgery. In other words, like I say, no old man glass is the best part of the whole deal with lens replacement. You'll never require cataract surgery. Lens replacement with the new LASIK is a major leap forward in vision correction. So if you're ready to see 2020, then check out the new LASIK available at thenewlasik.com. 405-651-3439 is uh, the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, and it is, it's blazing already. It is blazing. It is indeed blazing. And someone on the text line said, well, if you guys play Colin Cowherd on the regular, you're going to run me off. Listen, we're making fun of the guy. That's right. We're allowed to play him to make fun of him. We are. That's why we put the Darth Vader music with it. And he is, we're trying to show what what an idiot sounds like when it comes to Oklahoma football. And um, that's why. This is not 1400 the horn. We're not trying to be Texas apologists here. Hopefully that's pretty self-evident. We were trying to, uh, that segment was about this narrative out there that Texas somehow just bumbled and stumbled and, you know, played horrible football. And, oh, my gosh, they're not that bad. And there's hardly any credit. Well, with some, you know, we've, we've heard a few that great win for Oklahoma, but there's a lot of narrative out there, particularly on the Texas side, that, oh, my gosh, that game was a total fluke. And it wasn't. Oklahoma was the more physical team. And when it really – got down to crunch time, whether it was the goal line stand or that last-minute drive, Sooners get the job done. So, there you go. From a 918 listener, excuses, excuses, excuses. Just like when Oklahoma beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl, they made excuses about how they were not excited to be there. Take your loss and move on. Absolutely. The uh, the one dude we played yesterday, the Texas beat the – out of Oklahoma all day. I mean, I'm not sure what game he was watching, but and look, I think Texas again. They've got a good football team. Uh, more than likely, you're going to see that rematch in Arlington. Sooners, they've just got to lock in on Central Florida, you know, and make sure they don't stumble because you you still got to go to Lawrence, Kansas. You still got to go to Provo. I mean, OSU. I, I think Oklahoma should be able to take care of business there, but the Cowboys have. Some new confidence after just dismantling Kansas State, which was horrible in that game. But, um, you know, Oklahoma's in a great spot right now, no doubt. What else do we have, Parker? If you could only have one, ESP or Bricks, I think he, I think you mean EPL, Eddie Pierre-Louis. Uh, Oklahoma looking real nice with both of those offensive line prospects. And we'll talk recruiting in the 2 o'clock hour on Lockdown. If I had to pick one, though, I'm going Grant Bricks. Just me, though. Uh, Coy says, trying to come up with all these excuses, then let them. A listener in the 469 says, I want to thank Texas for allowing us to win on Saturday. Yeah, that's right. It's almost, it almost sounds like that way from some people. D in Choctaw says, if you get stuffed four straight times on the one-yard line, you didn't beat the crap out of anybody. Yeah, that was emblematic of uh, Oklahoma being the more physical team, and I think Texas is pretty physical. I mean, uh, compared to – past years when they were pretty soft 
but and to me, that was the – look, I didn't think that Oklahoma was going to get totally pushed around on the line of scrimmage, but for them to win the line of scrimmage for the most part in that game, Sooner fans have to be very encouraged about that. Oh, here we go. Here's – okay. This is a good take. Well, a take that will, will be more acceptable to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Time will tell if it's a good take or not. Uh, this is from a texter who's relaying an opinion from CBS Sports, author undisclosed. It's likely that Oklahoma will have to beat Texas a second time in the Big 12 championship game to achieve its championship goals, but there's nothing from last Saturday that suggested it wouldn't beat the Longhorns again if the rematch comes to fruition. Hmm. So wonder, there you go. There's at least one outlet given Oklahoma. I wonder who authored that. And again, like I said, neither team played, uh, you know, to their capabilities. And plays were made on both sides. But the Sooners made those plays when they really counted. And that says a lot about Brent's culture. From a 405 listener, Texas fans are so stupid. It's incredible. They act like they have dominated the series the last 10 years. Typically, the team with the most turnovers, sacks, and penalties loses, especially when the other team has more points when the clock hits zero. <laughs> that's that's uh, typically how they decide games, yes. So, uh, Sark has played into that a lot, too, you know. SEC Snob says, let, let them keep thinking Texas is Oklahoma's big brother and we'll just keep kicking big bros derriere. Yeah, it was so weird when I was editing that sound clip from Feinbaum this morning. You know, it's going along and I'm hearing, okay, yeah. Paul Feinbaum's changed his tune. And then when he made the uh, going to the SEC, you know, along with big brother, I'm like, what? wait, what? Huh? By the way, the troll job from Danny Stutzman and Jaron Kanick fantastic freaking frack that was and didn't brandon walker fell for the whole thing of course he did because he's brandon walker that's right and uh, there were a few they were ready to jump on that imagine getting your body tattooed with this oh my gosh when you look at it it's you know so good outstanding work by both jesse g said i'm just hoping texas lets us win again in december <laughs> Uh, Sooner Warrior says Reese Davis's accusations of Venables stealing Texas's signs is comical. Did Reese Davis put that out See, there? I didn't hear that. Somebody fill us in on that. Somebody fill us in on that. Because that's the first time I'm hearing of that. From a 580 listener, everything is bigger in Texas, even the crying. Booma. A listener in the 405 says OU has lots of improvement areas, or had lots of improvement areas. Punter only gets a five-yard penalty due to horrible acting. 15-yarder was out there. <laughs> uh, Billy not ripping the helmet off, off Xavier Worthy. Billy not going higher on Jatavian Sanders. Scary Gary says, Brandon Walker looks like the dude who's afraid of the sun in bench warmers. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer. Uh, Chevrolet text line. Big Rich and OKC says, LOL. If we don't give them a touchdown on the punt team and miss our field goal, we win big. You know, and that's when you're thinking when the Sooners had opportunities at 27 to 17 that, man, they can slam the door shut right here. And they didn't quite get it done. Uh, but then if you turn it around and you look at, all right, Texas scores the final 13 points before Oklahoma's drive. They've got all the momentum. 
<clears throat> again, you're in a situation where you've got to make a lot of plays. You can't afford to slip up on that uh, drive, and Dylan Gabriel and that offense went out and executed. That was fantastic. Uh, another 580 listener chimes in. If Texas has the better roster, then they were outcoached. This will not change tomorrow, next week, or in the Big 12 championship. Reese Davis said it on his podcast. I, I've never listened to the Reese Davis podcast. Have you? No, I have not. Uh, apparently, it was the uh, the College Game Day podcast. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Er, and conflicting reports. Some have said it happened on a podcast. Others have said it happened on yesterday's Fine Bomb show. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Sooner Co. Wetzel says it's 1228 and Texas still sucks. A 405 listener says, don't forget about the drop in the flat right before halftime. Yeah, that's true. Tawi Walker was walking into the end zone if he reels in that pass. No doubt. No doubt. And, uh, again, they've talked about the middle eight. The Sooners still did very well in the middle eight. Could have, should have been 14, obviously. But, uh, again, they did get 10. Now, was David, Reese Davis talking about this surely not last year? I mean, how is he talking about it on game day? Uh, I guess maybe after the game or whatever. I'm going to trust this text from CP and OKC who says, Reese said Brent was a known sign stealer, but did state there's nothing illegal about it. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's not like the Houston Astros is not over there banging on a trash can or anything, are they? Even if you were banging on the trash can in the Cotton Bowl, there's no no way way you're going to be able to hear that. (laughs) That's exactly right. All right. Yeah, it's on a podcast on YouTube. Okay. I have time to listen to like three podcasts a week. That's about it. I'm usually busy doing something. I don't have time to do 95 podcasts. I'll, you know, I've got a couple Sooner podcasts. Uh, you know, Parker's one of them. Uh, Oklahoma Breakdown. Other than that, uh, you know, it's like real life going on. So, But I'll take you guys' word for it. And that's that's what I thought when I first saw that. Like, sign stealing happens, too. I mean – Conceal your signs a little bit better. Change them up or something. I don't know. Okay, uh, let's take a break right here. 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439. Uh, interesting stuff for the Sooner players yesterday. Obviously, no presser for Brent today, but he met the media yesterday. Sooner players, some of them met the media yesterday. We'll have some of that audio coming up for you. Dennis Stats Kelly at 135. A ton of your texts are rolling in. Keep it right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. One of the great guitar riffs of all time, classic rock era. I think I played that on 8-track about 9 million times. Yes, there were 8-tracks, kids. Go ahead and Google them up. It was a long time ago. In a galaxy really far away. By the way, record-setting day on the KREF app yesterday after a record-setting week on the KREF app last week. What is... What's the date when we're going away? We're going away, right? Say this again? No, we're going away. We're, we're supposed to be going away as a station. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. What's okay, the yes. date? Tracking. When do I need to pack my stuff and clear my desk? When's that happening? No, no official date? I've not been informed. Okay. Well, we did have a record-setting week last week. We had a record-setting day yesterday. So, uh, do we have a moving company that we can call when I need to pack? Yardbird's moving. Let's do that. <laughs> oh, man. Well. All right. Uh, Brent Venables, 
Man, I mean, we, we kind of knew it was bad, but this was Brent on uh, the injuries meeting the media uh, yesterday. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, McCade, um, we're looking at best-case scenario for him. Uh, he'll be back uh, sooner rather than later. And um, Andrell is going to have to have season-ending surgery. Not great. No, not, not good. Not the news you wanted on Monday. Sooners lose their uh, leading receiver. Andrell Anthony has been unbelievably good. The Michigan transfer. Golly, man, that, that hurts. And we knew it looked really bad. You were hoping that, well, maybe it'll be a month or something. Who knows? Maybe he comes back for the stretch run. It didn't look good, and obviously the news wasn't good on Andrell Anthony. Here's what Brent had to say more on uh, Anthony's injury in that situation now. I hate it for him. You know, we'll, we have other guys, and hate it for Andrell, how hard he's worked. Uh, we got the 6-0. He had a big part, you know, in, in, uh, in helping us get there. Uh, but Again, all of his best football still in front of him, and uh, he'll have a you know a great career on the back end you know of this of this uh, surgery. Doesn't have much swelling, and um, so that usually means it's a quicker, a little quicker re- recovery for him. So hate that for him, um, but this gives some other guys some opportunity. Touchdown, Nick Anderson has six on the year, including the biggest one of the year. Uh, you have Jaden Gibson, who's made a lot of great catches this season. Looks the part. Man, we've talked about, <clears throat> pardon me, Jaden Gibson, one of those guys you look at and say, that's Brent's culture at work. The way this kid has matured, you know, we, we knew he had the physical talent, but uh, he's been really impressive. Uh, on, on that ball last week in the Cotton Bowl, it looked like, you know, initially, man, it was dropped, but it also looked like the Texas DB got in there with a hand at the last second. But uh, what are we thinking now? Petaway? Obviously, you've got Brennan Thompson, Andrew Anthony, speed demon himself, but he's still not Brennan Thompson. Now they're completely different in terms of build and everything else. But the Sooners, as bad as it is, they've got some answers They've there. got a real deep bench at they wide do. receiver. So, again, losing Anthony sucks. But if there's one position where it feels like you can afford to lose one of your top contributors, it's probably wide receiver because Nick Anderson has only been playing sporadically. Obviously, things open up for him a little bit more now in terms of opportunities. Same can be said of Jaden Gibson. Gavin Freeman hasn't really gotten going since the season opener. We haven't seen a ton of him, at least in the passing game. And so maybe this creates more opportunities for him. And then you mentioned it. Brennan Thompson didn't play against Texas because he was still kind of nursing that uh, hamstring issue. Uh, He was dressed. He was ready to go. They chose to hold him out. And... Going forward, though, especially given that he's going to have an opportunity to get truly 100% right over the bye week, you can expect he's going to be part of the game plan as well. Yeah, I would imagine so. So, uh, again, it really, really sucks, obviously, particularly for Andrew Anthony. But as we said, you know, we were talking about before the season, okay, who's going to emerge as, you know, the go-to wide receiver? So far, it's been Andrew Anthony, but they've got a lot of weapons. Farouk has been unbelievable. His yards after catch, incredible. Nick Anderson, all he does, like Chris Carter, catches touchdowns. Drake Stoops, you know, we should have like a Drake Stoops appreciation day. We should, man. Because that kid has been unbelievable. I mean, he's tough as a boots. He blocks out there on the edge, too. He's had so many big plays against Texas. And just 
what a what an amazing story he's been. That 28-yard catch that he had Saturday to set the Sooners up in the red zone on the final drive. With the way Dylan Gabriel rolled, Stoops' route, man, it was eerily similar to his game winner in yeah, 2020. Yeah, it was. A lot of parallels there. But, again, man, Drake Stoops, he has been nothing if not consistent over his career at Oklahoma. And it seems like every time they've needed him to make a play, he's made one. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and uh, you've got L.B. Bunkley Shelton, Jaquay's Petaway. That was a, you know, they tried the pitch reverse and it was a forward, uh, forward lateral. Yeah, that was a shame, man. It was. It was, it was interesting though, because I watched the Oklahoma kick return unit trot onto the field and I saw Petaway out there on the right side and I was like, huh, he's not, he's not usually on the kick return team. And so then obviously they made, they ran the reverse to him and it was like, oh, okay, that makes all the sense in the world now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Sooners, uh, the, the, both teams pulled out their bag of tricks a little bit in this football game. There's no doubt. 405-651-3439. That is our Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's see what you folks have to say. It is truly Oklahoma against the world, says a listener in the 405. Uh, Todd in OKC says, yeah, the only thing Texas is back at is getting their derriere kicked by Oklahoma. That's right. Lost City Sooner says, yesterday I got my dad set up with the KREF app. There you go. You got to help help out the olds every now and then. Believe me, I need help. I know all about that. So sometimes you have to do that. Uh, Marshall in Woodle, Oklahoma, sent us a link to an article that I guess Kirk Herbstreet referenced on, uh, on the game broadcast Saturday. It's an article from the Clemson Sports Illustrated site. And I guess talks about Brent's penchant to steal signs, I suppose. I, I don't know. I'll have to read it in the break. Uh, Local Ohio says, sucks losing Andrell. But if there's one room I ain't worried about, it's the wide receiver room. Coach Jones is going to have those guys ready. There's another guy, man, who's one of the heroes of the season so far, Emmett Jones. Emmett Jones getting it done on the field and off the field. That dude is an absolute stud. Shark says, Sooners have a bye week, and I can't stand Notre Dame, but stand up and cheer for old Notre oh, Dame. We're all Golden Domers Saturday nights. That I, I bet the – well, Notre Dame's got such a wide, vast alumni all over the country. But I would imagine that the Oklahoma City market and probably the Tulsa market too will be – Pretty big in terms of viewership for that SC Notre Dame game Saturday night. Let's see what else we have on the text line. Somebody in the 405 asked, is the SEC OU ready? (laughs) The 918 listener said, the bye week in UCF certainly help in incorporating new wide receivers into the offense. Yeah, the Sooners – It's a well-timed – this couldn't be at a better time. It's really well-timed because – you get to get healthy again as much so as possible coming off your most emotional win of the year. Have to imagine that was draining both physically and emotionally for that football team. And it also allows you a little bit of extra time to figure out how you're going to manage the wide receiver room in Andrell Anthony's absence. Another question that they're going to have to figure out. And obviously Brent Venables didn't get too specific with regard to McCabe and Tyre's injury. But you're going to have to figure out how you address the gaping hole at right guard now with Mattire on the shelf. Is it Caleb Schaefer? 
Do you slide Troy Everett over? Do you give Savion Bird or Jake Taylor a look? There's a number of different ways you can go about addressing that issue, but it's another thing that the Sooners are going to have to figure out over the course of this bye. Can they clone Caden Green and uh, <laughs> just have him play both guard oh. spots? He was unbelievable. He was great, and, uh, you know, I heard – Gabe talking about it on uh, the Oklahoma Breakdown, talking about once his footwork really, he gets that set, he's going to go to another level. But he's really good right now, really good. Okay, 405-651-3439. Why don't we take a break right here? we got a ton of texts rolling in. We will talk a little recruiting. Uh, Daniel Locke and Kunmi coming to Oklahoma. It looks like uh, everybody's expecting that. Michael Boganowski, Eddie EPL, uh, you know, they have been forecast for Oklahoma as well. What's going to happen with Grant Bricks? Anything to look at in 2025? We'll get into that here in a little bit as well. Home of Sooner fans on a Tuesday. Keep those texts rolling in. We'll be right back. Get on out to Riverwind Casino today. Play with your wild card. Get some extra entries for the 80K Friday Night Frights promotional drawing, which happens, of course, on Friday night. Get out there and uh, win your share of $80,000 in cash and bonus play. Don't forget, they also have a big event October 28th, the 20K Festival of Fright. Play with their wild card and uh, get out there on October 28th. Win your share of $28,000 in cash and bonus play on that Saturday night, October 28th. Also, they have the Ghostly Good Time Costume Contest. Wear a costume after Riverwind on that date, and you can win $500. We've got Carly Pearson Concert at the Showplace Theater coming up this Saturday night. And uh, then on Sunday night, October 22nd, a Beats and Bites show. Uh, the Gin Blossoms and a Tonic on the uh, Coop Ale Works Beats and Bites stage coming up Sunday night, October 22nd. Rodney Carrington also with a show. Showplace Theater, October 27th. A lot of great things happening, as always, at the one and only Riverwind Casino. Okay, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Let's do it. Sooner Man wants to know, what is our next date for a recruiting commitment? Example, Grant Bricks, EPL. Well, Neither. The next commitment is going to be happening this Thursday for three-star offensive line target Daniel Akinkunmi. Very much expect that one to go Oklahoma's direction. Uh, did we, we got a date for Boganowski, didn't we? We did yesterday. Yep, and? He announced that it's going to be October 19th that he commits. Feel good about Oklahoma there, Steely. So that would be on a Thursday, next a week from this coming Thursday. Yeah, so you would have... Akin Kunmi on the 12th, and then exactly one week later, Boganowski on the 19th. So each of the next two Thursdays, you should have a commitment to celebrate. There you go. Anything happening uh, with 2025? I mean, yeah, things are happening. I don't think anything is imminent. Uh, it just it remains to be seen how much of an impact that Red River victory is going to have with some prospects south of the river. I think anytime you win a game like that, the guys that it's most naturally going to move the needle with are the kids down in the Lone Star State. Did we find anything out about uh, Zion Kearney being on the A&M sideline? Yeah, yeah, that was week? a thing. Okay, he visited A&M. Um, what what happened to the uh, no visit policy? Yeah, well, um, some some kids don't, doesn't affect them that much. I guess. Yeah, well, I look, I don't expect anything to come of that. That's that's the way I'll put it. 
Zion Kearney's still really excited to be an Oklahoma Sooner, and from everything I was told, just sounded like he wanted to go to a game with his teammates, mm-hmm. couldn't go to OU Texas because Texas was the home team. Yeah, makes and sense. And so decided to tag along with a bunch of his friends to the A&M game. I was told he did not talk to any coaches there, left early, and for most of the game was watching OU Texas on his phone. I think there are some exceptions to that rule, and uh, that certainly sounds like that would be one of them because, yeah, you're right, uh, couldn't go to OU Texas because the home team gets uh, gets to do the inviting of prospects. So 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Todd and OKC says, Parker, who's faster, Brendan Thompson or Andrell Anthony? Brendan Thompson is faster. I think most would agree on that. Um from the 918 have you spoken with any 2024 five stars or quote unquote their people since the win on saturday yeah look i've put out feelers and the guys you're referring to texter undoubtedly are bryant wesco, wesco and, and williams winary yeah uh yeah look the sooners are going to keep swinging this win's going to help with wesco in particular it also helps that clemson's offense is in a major funk right now a prolonged funk that offense has not looked right for the entirety of this season. Muleshoe Jr.'s there, right? I mean, yes, Lil yeah. Muleshoe. Yes, I like Lil, Lil Muleshoe's better. That's good. Okay, but, yeah, it's uh, Mark Stoops can do the Sooners a favor, of course, this weekend and uh, take down Mizzou. Does it Kentucky have Missouri this weekend? I think they I do. I believe yeah. that's the case. Yes. I think I'm, I'm yes. positive what, they, they have Missouri. What are we going to do in the Ref Royal Rumble this week? We can't double down on OU this time around. Yeah, Missouri and Kentucky, 630 in Lexington. So there you go. Mark Stoops, that dude, man, like I said, I know they got beat down by Georgia, but what a job he's done. From the 918, I heard the deal with Wesco's sister and the soccer coach has ruined him on OU. No, that's not true. That's not true. Uh, you, you are not going to hold the sins of a former soccer coach against a university when you're dealing with the football program. There's no crossover there. So, yeah, obviously there were some hurt feelings with how that situation was handled and the coaching turnover with West Coast sister who was on scholarship as a soccer player at the University of Oklahoma. I believe she's now at North Texas. But that that is not going to ruin a kid on an entire university. Now, wait a minute now. So they could have kept her, right? I mean, I understand it's the, uh, the new coach can do as he pleases, right? Obviously. But what you need somebody like Raymond Reddington to come in there and say, <laughs> you know, this is Wesco's uh, – I'm going to make you an offer here, all right? You know, and that's what should have been done. Some Raymond Reddington type should have come in with that hat and said, no, 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 this kid's staying right here, okay? Dan in Madison, Mississippi says, Parker, he couldn't watch the OU game. OU was at 11, Aggies 230. Uh, Look, that's it's a good point, Dan. However, when you show up to watch a game as a recruit, you're there significantly ahead of time. Typically three, four hours before kickoff, you're there starting to enjoy the experience and uh, hang out with your peers, hang out in the facilities. You get access to a lot of stuff as a recruit that the typical fan does not. So I I would imagine that it, that is true that Zion Kearney was watching the Oklahoma game while he was at Texas A&M. Obviously, he wasn't watching the game while the A&M game was going on because 
the Red River rivalry matchup would have been concluded by that point. But again, he left early, didn't talk to the coaches, knowing the background between Kearney and A&M, which we'll be able to dive into once he signs. I'm I'm really not convinced there is much to worry about there. There you go. All right, is that it for Oklahoma down the stretch? I can coon me again coming up Thursday. Boganowski on the 19th. Uh, EPL coming up soon, and looks like he's headed, obviously, to Oklahoma. Grant Bricks? Is there anybody yeah, else? Is there I, mean, any, I mean, people would talk about Jordan Seaton or whoever. Yeah, no. But in the others, would you would just hopeful flips, right? Yeah, at that point, it's Winnery and Wesco, and I think that's about it. Like, whether Reggie Powers makes that official visit on the 21st oh, will be yeah, interesting. Oh, yeah, Reggie Powers. Would he count uh, in the class? Can, he would. He would. If they can get him sold on Oklahoma, I think they'd take another defensive back. I, I've heard some stuff on Devon Jordan that makes me think that's not a slam dunk oh, yeah, for yeah, yeah. Oklahoma Forgetting by the any means. Union, yeah, yeah and bad. I, I don't think it's an impossibility he ends up in the class, but I'm not counting on that one the way that I am. Boganowski or somebody like uh obviously Akinkumi committing this Thursday. So there you go. All right, and, we gotta get out of here. We're up against it, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Um so anyway, we've got uh next hour a lot more of your texts. Uh whatever you want to talk about, let us know. 405-651-3439. More sooner audio. We'll hear from Desan McCullough. We'll hear from Walter Rouse about the uh the blocking of two longhorns. There should be a mini series on that. Break down that play over and over and over again. Dennis Stats Kelly coming up at 135. And we want to thank Lasher Home Comfort Systems again, 405-579-3113. They'll do great work for you. Keep it here on the home of Sooner fans. And we'll be talking to Stats Kelly at 135. Second hour here on uh, Steel Man and Thune on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network, presented by Oklahoma Generator. They're family-owned and operated. Tremendous reputation for great customer service. They are Oklahoma's most experienced and longest operating. Generac dealer. Currently offering new customer discounts and a free 10-year warranty with new installations. Oklahoma Generator. Check them out online at okgen.com. You can also call them at 405-321-6631. Thank you to Oklahoma Generator. I got to say real quick, Chet versus Wimanyama was pretty fun last night. Chet Holmgren had 21 points, 9 rebounds, 7 of 10 from the floor, 2 of 2 from 3. Wimanyama, 20 points, 5 rebounds. It's going to be a fun season for the Thunder. Chet looked really good. All right, uh, 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. It is uh, moving and grooving again, as it always is. But first, I want to play a couple sound bites uh, from yesterday from Sooner Players. Brent met the media. They had a practice yesterday. He met the media afterwards. Uh, also a couple Sooner Players as well. Let's hear from Desan McCullough first. Thought he played very well. Uh, he was obviously huge on that goal line stand. 
And uh, he talked about how he enjoyed his first ever Oklahoma Texas experience. Definitely the craziest game I've ever been a part of. Um, it was crazy from the moment we uh, like got off the bus. So I was confused because they told me the stadium was in the middle of the fair. I'm like, what does that even mean? Like in the middle of the fair. So I was so confused, and I was trying to imagine it literally all week without like looking it up. Cause I wanted us to see it. So when we got there and I saw the buses literally pulling into the fair, I was so confused. But the atmosphere there was crazy. I mean, they were not lying about it being like real life 50-50 split. Like once we went out the tunnel, it was all cheers. Once you crossed that 50, it was all booze. So it was really a crazy, uh, fun experience to play in. Though. I mean, I can't wait to play in them again. There you go, Desan McCullough. You know, if Ted Roof ever has a voice issue, I think Desan McCullough could fill in and sing for the Ted Roof in the three-man front. What do you think? I feel like we need a super group. Maybe. A little yeah. traveling Wilburys action. There you go. Tom Petty, clearly your favorite uh, Wilbury. Who was number two? Mm, Bob Dylan. Yeah. Not Jeff Lynn. No. No, I'm partial to Dylan. I got you. I got you. All right. Uh, also, Walter Rouse, one of the heroes of Saturday, blocking those two guys on uh, DG's touchdown pass to Nick Anderson. Uh, I think everybody saw that. You know, maybe you saw it with the naked eye, but Gabe Eichard uh, put it out on Twitter and like, man, yeah, that's unbelievable. Here's Walter Rouse talking about blocking two Longhorns on that big play for the Sooners. Saw 91. Okay, let me block him. And then I saw – the pressure, the uh, safety, uh, either safety or corner, coming off the edge, and I was like, okay, let me let me stick out a hand. Let me see if I can get him to. Um, and you know, as an O lineman, your job is to protect the quarterback at all costs, no matter what. Um, you know, it's basically just the basis, like you know, our, of our job. And so I, I just stuck out two hands there, and I was just trying to protect with all I could, you know, because uh, what they preach here, what they've been preaching here since I've gotten here, is the uncommon effort. Um, and, you know, that whole drive was uncommon effort. And I was just trying to do my absolute best to just protect as much as I could. That's really all it was. There wasn't any secret to it. I mean, if you look, go back into the film, uh, watch the game, watch the replay, after they scored, like, I was kind of out of it. Like, like I, was protect I was doing my job. I thought DG threw it out, out of bounds. Even with the crowd was going crazy, I was, I, I was like, sitting there. I was like, like, I was like, did we score? And, like, I went to go, so, like, it didn't even hit me until I got to the sideline. And I was like, we scored. I was like, we might, we're going to win this game. Like, we're going to win the game. Like, like that. And, it really, and then I was talking to one of the coaches, and, I, and, he, and he was like, you blocked two dudes. I was like, I blocked two dudes. <laughs> so just, you know, getting hype on the sideline is one of the best moments. That is so good. That is great stuff. All right, 405-651-3439. Any other uh, insights come out uh, in meeting the players, talking to the players yesterday or Brent to you? Anything stand out? Any insights? No. I mean, again, you're just carrying over. You're asking questions about, you know, get, collecting perspectives on the victory with guys like Austin Stogner that weren't made available after the game on Saturday. But for the most part, heading into the bye week, man, it's just a lot of real general, real vague stuff. Because that's, that's about all you can get heading into a bye week. You don't have an opponent to preview. I hear it. All right, 405-651-3439. Let's get back to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line here on the ref. From the 918, Walter Rouse sounds like he is one hell of a funny dude. He uh, Is he in the running for the uh, – uh, what is is it, the uh, J.D. Runnels Award for media-friendly guy? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if the award is named after anyone. 
But he's it up might there, be right? named after him by by the end of the year. Walter Rouse has been, you know, uh, Jaden Gibson's been really good. Stutzman, Stutzman's a little short with his answers, but he's he's really good. Um, there are a lot of guys that uh, you get some good stuff from these OU guys, no doubt. A listener in the nine one eight asks, "Does PJ's development help significantly with Winery's recruitment?" I'll tell you what helps significantly with Winery's recruitment: the way that Oklahoma got after the passer on Saturday. In general, that's not exclusive to PJ Adibare. That's not exclusive. P- Sorry, PJ Adibawara. I have to keep reminding myself, Adibawara. Um, and it's not it's not exclusive to any one particular guy. The Sooners were just really good top to bottom at keeping Quinn Ewers under pressure Saturday. Jacob Lacey had a huge sack. Dejon Terry had a sack and a half. Ethan Downs had two of them. P.J. got the pressure and got the hit on Ewers on the Hail Mary. So many guys chipped in for Oklahoma Saturday in consistently applying pressure in the pocket for Quinn Ewers. Yeah, yeah, they were really good, no doubt. All right, 405-651-3439. Loco Ohio says definitely glad Rouse flipped from OU or from uh, Nebraska to OU. Yeah, Gosh, that's imagine. right. I, I totally forgot he was committed to the Huskers at one point. That's right. Imagine having a player and a personality like that stuck on the Nebraska Corn Huskers right now. <laughs> Gosh. Yes, I think Walter Rouse would agree. He made the correct decision. Scary Gary says if we beat Texas in the Big 12 championship as well, does a clean sweep on the year trump 49 to nothing? I would say so. I think so. so, yeah. Yeah, especially if you're going to the college football playoff at that point. Yeah, and again, I think a lot of that is if they played a Oklahoma team that was really, you know, halfway competitive in that game and you beat Oklahoma down like that, yeah. then okay. But they beat an Oklahoma team that was not equipped to compete that day. And can you say, well, that's the coach's fault or whatever? All right. Maybe a little bit, but they uh, they were in a bad situation to back up quarterback, and we just didn't know how bad it was not good. So I would say yes, absolutely. Yeah, and, and you close that that way. You close out your tenure in the Big Twelve, and you take down Texas twice, and uh, then you'd be headed to the playoff, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. I and what was at stake last year? In the grand scheme of things, for either of those teams, Texas finished eight and five. Right, Oklahoma was six and seven. That game, in terms of its actual implications on either team's season, did not carry a whole lot of weight. The fact that Oklahoma just beat number three Texas to cement their status as a college football playoff contender and really torpedo Texas's odds of making the playoffs—they have no more margin for error. They have to win out. There was a lot more at stake this year in the Red River Showdown than there was a year ago. And so, yes, especially if you go and knock off Texas a second time in Arlington in December. Yeah, man, this – gosh, that you, that doesn't erase the memory of 49 to nothing, but you've got the objective claim to superiority once again. I asked this question to Brandon as we were leaving the stadium Saturday, and I'd be curious to hear – your thoughts on it, Steve? Brandon Walker, you and Brandon Walker. No, Brandon. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brandon Walker was nowhere near Dallas, Texas, thankfully. Um, all bias aside, would you rather beat your biggest rival, like in the span of four years, would you rather beat your biggest rival once 
and have it be a 49 or nothing shutout? Or would you rather win the other three contests in absolutely epic fashion? I would take the latter. Like, the, the Sooners have just absolutely crushed Texas's soul the way that they've won those games in 2020, in 2021, and in 2020. There are so many Longhorn Surrender Cobras out there in that stadium recently. I mean, 49 to nothing. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's an embarrassment. It was ugly, no doubt. But if you beat Texas twice this year, you win the Big 12 last year in the Big 12. Also, I believe it's correct, if Oklahoma wins this year, they would have just as many uh, Big 12 championships as the rest of the league combined. Uh, they kind of slid behind that the last few years, but they would finish with the same number as the rest of the league combined. You beat your rival twice, and you win your last uh, year, the conference championship in the league, and you go to the college football playoffs. So, yes, that's much more meaningful. From Big Rick and Owasso, question. When UT fans say they have a better roster and shouldn't have lost to OU, are they not admitting that they have a program full of underachievers? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Worm Johnson wants to know, Steelman, did Uncle make it home? Last I saw, he was getting carried out of the Cotton Bowl with a Fletcher's corn dog heading north. I believe he was yelling, this is the greatest day of my life and Texas sucks. I have not heard from Uncle. Uh, he doesn't call me that much, but I haven't heard from him. So He's probably shunning you for picking Texas. He might, yeah, probably, probably. Absolutely. So uh, I think he goes on a vacation during the bye week anywhere. I'm just not sure where he is. Probably out looking to kick some kick some tail. He's always looking for a fight. I know that. Okay, let's get one more in, then we'll break. Tuttle Sooner says, I can't see Texas getting to the Big 12 championship. I don't believe they will not lose another game or two. It's what I've come to expect from them. Who do we think, though, is capable? I mean, Kansas. BYU. You do BYU. think BYU is? Yes, I do. Hmm. Interesting. By the way, I and we all laughed at the time when Texas struggled with Wyoming. Wyoming's turned out to be a pretty dang good football team. What are they? How many? They're five and one. Only lost so far to Texas. They have a win over Texas Tech. They have a win over then ranked Fresno State. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I thought uh, I never said nine and three. Jeez, I said ten and two. I said 10 and 2. Somebody's saying still 9 and 3, Steely. Uh, 405 651 Let's take a timeout right here. Knippel Meyer Chevrolet text line. We'll get back there. Uh, we're going to have Dennis Stats Kelly on. We're going to talk about, I know, his book with Coach Merb. Uh, you know, that would be like a great Christmas gift or something if you haven't picked it up already. Everybody who has really likes it. We'll have him on to talk about the book and about his experience down in the Cod Bowl over the weekend. It's coming back right here on the home of Sooner fans. All right, welcome back. Welcome back. Great to have you with us. Yesterday, uh, Bob Stoops was on The Rush. Normally, it's a Tuesday appearance for Bob and The Rush, but it was uh, yesterday. So if you missed it somehow, you can go back and listen to the, uh, the podcast of The Rush, Hour One, Yesterday, I think it's about 15, 20 minutes in for Bob Stoops' segment yesterday. It was really good stuff. Let's hear what the uh, Sooner head coach had to say with Tyler and Teddy on the rush yesterday talking about the uh, Oklahoma win over Texas. Great game. Great game. Uh, 
all of it. I mean, uh, golly, I thought uh, coaching staff did an amazing job. Uh, both sides of the ball. Jeff Levy, I thought play calling in that last drive was absolutely incredible. I thought Dylan Gabriel was incredible, of course. Everyone has seen that and uh, his poise and making the plays he did. Running the ball and throwing defense, I thought was amazing. Uh, came up with the turnovers, came up with a first and goal at the one, and they stop them. On and on. Uh, so, yeah, just a fun, exciting, great game to watch. Feels like that's one that you kind of build on, right? And I know they've got a bye week afterwards, which is maybe good to to kind of regroup oh. a little bit. But that's whenever you go out and pull off something like that, that's whenever you can really start to see a team come together. Absolutely. And this is the absolute perfect time to have an off week. And they won't celebrate it more than maybe one more day, and then they're on. Uh, but they don't have a game this coming weekend. It's perfect. Uh, middle of the season, six games in, six to go, get a rest. Heal up, get your legs back under you. Perfect time. There you go. Bob Stoops on the rush yesterday. Again, normally it's Tuesday, but if you missed the interview yesterday, you can find it on the Ref podcast page. The Rush, hour number one. And like I said, it's about 15, uh, 18 minutes in to that first hour. So there you go. I got a text uh, during the break. Steely, did I really hear you say Caleb Williams, maybe the greatest college football player in history yesterday? Yes. Yes, you did. And who would be considered that guy right now? Archie Griffin won two Heismans. He was a great college player. Barry Sanders. Look. Barry Sanders. I mean, there's never been another year like that, but he had to share some time, obviously, with Thurman Thomas. Uh, Tebow was a great college player, won a couple national championships. But what we were talking about yesterday, has there ever been a player, and if Caleb Williams wins back-to-back Heismans, this is a dude who has had to save bad defenses for three years now. Right? To rescue teams from very bad defense for three years. Unless you expect USC to improve, you know, during the season. And I can they improve? Maybe a little bit, but they're still gonna give up a, a bunch of points. What do you think, Parker? I mean it's hard to it's hard to really say and quantify that, but I don't know, man. That would be back to backs. Unless the wheels just fall off in spectacular fashion, Caleb Williams is going to win another Heisman Trophy. Yeah. He's going to join that elite company with Archie Griffin. And at that point, man, there's the only thing it's is almost like there's little debate to be had. No natties. Now, Barry, Barry Sanders didn't have one, but well, Barry Sanders compiled those video game numbers and didn't play sometimes in the second half very yeah. much or the fourth quarter. And if Caleb Williams graduates without any national championships, no one's going to hold it against him because everyone knows why, right? Yeah. Everyone knows why USC is likely never going to appear in a college football playoff game as long as Caleb Williams is the quarterback, and it's not because Caleb Williams is the quarterback. You know, I'll give it up to you. I remember when uh, when we first started, you were saying that uh, Caleb Williams is a better quarterback than Spencer Rattler right now. You were right. I mean, we thought he'd be pretty good, it's, but it's you hilarious. were you were making that proclamation a long time ago. We were standing there. I'll never forget it, especially now, at the Elite 11 in 2020. And I was having a conversation with a colleague at the time, and that colleague went, man, that kid's good enough that he might win two Heisman trophies. 
for the life of me, I can't remember who it was, or I'd give them proper credit because mm-hmm. Caleb Williams is, I mean, if he does what he does over the last six games of the season, uh, if he does what he has done over the first six games of the season, I should say, over the last six games, he's going to win another Heisman Trophy. Yeah. Joe in Tulsa is upset with me because he said, Steely picking Texas on the radio and Caleb is the best. Well, Joe, that's easy to say. You tell me who the best is. Tell me who the best is. It's real easy to put the laughing emoji out there after the fact and everything. That's fine. Yes, I owned up to it yesterday. I picked Texas 31-27. I couldn't be happier that I was wrong. Somebody in the 405 says, USC's opponents have a combined record through six weeks of 10-24. and 24. Mm-hmm. Only two of the six teams they have played have currently won more than one game. Yeah. And Steely, they're 0-6 against the spread. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I mean, Arizona, and they should have won that football game. They should have won that football game. So, my thought, I would go probably with Barry Sanders uh, as my greatest college football player of all time. Archie Griffin, you know, you measure these guys because a lot of times, well, Archie Griffin didn't do much in the professional ranks. But we're talking about college players. Reggie Bush was a great college player. Um, Vince Young was a great college player. Uh, the Sooners have had their share as well. Billy Sims probably would have won back-to-back Heisman's had he not been injured early in the season. But he was. And Charles White ends up winning the 79 Heisman. But, look, Caleb Williams, like I said, it's just the fact that, you know, the we should have known that the most emblematic play of his career maybe would have been stealing the ball from Kennedy Brooks to rescue that game at Kansas. Because that's pretty much what he's had to do his whole year. <laughs> that's that's right? all he's done at USC. The, the, the football symbolizes defense, right, more than anything else. Manziel was a great college player. Yeah, he was a great college player. Yes, yes, he was. I wouldn't put him uh, up in, like, the top five, but he was a great college player. Yeah, it's you know, think about – Guys who were great college players, like Danny Werfel or something, right? Gino Toretta, one of the worst Heisman um, winners of all time, right? But purely on their college career. Somebody in the 405 said USC is not even top 25 without Caleb Williams. Okay. Oh, Objectively yeah. true there. Yeah. And secondly, they by season's end, looking at the back half of that schedule, they may not be tw- top 25 <laughs> with Caleb right, Williams. That's right. Who would have thought the Pac-12 – Herschel Walker's in the conversation, Deer Creek Sooner. Yes, Herschel uh, Walker is definitely in the conversation. I think we're kind of talking more about Heisman winners because you could make an argument for Leroy Selman, man. No doubt about it, too. But that's it's really hard to just say who is the greatest college football player of all time. Leroy Selman did it at the collegiate level, and he also did it. He's got a gold jacket and a highway named after him in Tampa, Florida. Bo Jackson was pretty good, too. It's a good call. Should they just rename you follow Oklahoma Selman? Selmanville? Why not? I'm down with it. We'll start the movement. Yeah. All right, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Interesting uh, question, though. And a lot of times we focus on quarterbacks. But, you know, there was this run, like, you know, people are talking about Bo, Billy Sims. Like I said, Billy Sims would have won back-to-back Heismans had he not been injured early in the season. But Charles White from USC won it in 79. Baker is 
maybe in that conversation because he had a long run, man. He had a long run at OU. Okay, you want to get a couple more in? Yeah, sure. Uh, Glenn from Nashville says, yes, he's a Longhorn, but Earl Campbell. Earl Campbell was really good. Earl Campbell, it was, uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, um, trying to remember if Terry Miller from Oklahoma State was runner-up to Earl Campbell or to Dorsett. Dorsett, 76, Campbell, 77. I think he was runner-up to Earl Campbell, but one of those two. Local Ohio points out, it's just funny how a team that started out at number six drops all the way to number 10 after a 6-0 and record. And that is the yeah, case right now for that's USC. Right. That's exactly right. All right. What for- is it going to take? What is it going to take for Grinch to get Mike Stoopsed? <sighs> I don't know, maybe Notre Dame. Sam Hartman throws for seven touchdowns. Yeah. How do you feel about Notre Dame, though, man? I mean, after the Louisville loss, and Louisville's not bad. And that was a road game, but I don't know. Sam Hartman's been a little disappointing to me, hasn't he? Expected a little more from a varsity letterman. Well, they here's the thing. They hung with Ohio State. They took Ohio State all the way down to the wire. I think Ohio State's a better football team than USC is. So I do too. if you can yeah. play, like, especially on their home field, because this game is going to be played in South Bend. So if you can play on your home field against USC the way that you played on your home field against Ohio State, you will win the football game. Yes, I agree. And the only way I see SC winning or in, I, can they hang with Notre Dame? I, I think they can because I don't think Notre Dame is uh, feeling real confident right now. But obviously, you know, number 13 can have an unbelievable game and that would be the only way. And they'd have to win, you know, what, 42 to 40 or something like that, like they have been. So we'll see. All right, break time right here. we got Dennis Stats Kelly coming up. We'll get his take, his new book, Red Grange says Big Rich in Oklahoma City. We're going way back on Red Grange. Harold Red Grange. I don't have enough Red Grange insight, but it's an interesting conversation. All right, Stats Kelly up next right here on The Ref. All right, we'll get back to some texts here in just a little bit. Keep them rolling in, 405-651-3439. Joe, I'm just messing with you, by the way, there, Joe in Tulsa. I, I'm owning up to the uh, the Texas pick, yes. I was r- r- wrong. 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line back there here in just a little bit. I want to thank Oklahoma Generator for sponsoring our second hour here on Steel Man and Thune. What an album that was. Love it. All right, uh, Dennis Stats Kelly joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Stats, we're going to talk about your book, Sooners Forever, uh, with Coach Merv Johnson. But you got to get your reaction, man, to last Saturday there in the booth. It must have been electric. We saw the videos. But how about that Oklahoma-Texas game? Where does that rank for you? I know you've been there a lot. Where does that one rank for you? Well, I think it probably is one with two years ago being maybe 1A and then the four-overtime game being 1B. Uh, I just can't really still believe we won that ball game. I, it, was over, it was the most incredible drive. I, I don't think Johnny Unitas could have done a drive like that. I, I don't remember – Anybody going down the field in a minute, too, 
I don't even know if that anybody could do that. Uh, Tom Brady, I, that's the most amazing drive. It's got to be the greatest single drive in Oklahoma football history. No doubt it's way up there. I, when I think of the drive, I think when you think of the NFL, it was John Elway, of course. But uh, that was amazing what DG did. Um, okay, tell us about your book, Sooners Forever, with Coach Merv Johnson. Hope Coach Merv's doing all right. So loved and respected by everybody. He's been a great Sooner for a long, long time. But why did you decide to write the book? And I, I guess this is a lot of anecdotes uh, from you and, and from Coach Merv, obviously. Well, uh, Mike, I started writing the book shortly after I got the uh, the gig with Toby. I came to the realization in 2011, my first season, that I was sitting there with the legend. He was so incredibly nice to me, and I thought, well, I need to start writing this stuff down. He would say little things and tell me things about past games and certain players and he would always, later on, he would get to where he couldn't remember the names of the players so well, but he always remembered their numbers. And he'd give me a number, he'd say 71, and put the, you know, all this different things, and the Phillips boys and all this. And I, he would tell me these things, and I would just be, <laughs> excuse me, I would just be in awe. I was just sitting there like, wow, I'm sitting there with a big league guy. And I'd, I'd already started riding up what I was doing and I gave it to, I was writing it for my daughters. I wasn't writing it as a book or anything like that. I wanted them to have, and it had about my life and then all the fun I had and all the fun, this incredible job and this experience to sit there between Toby and Merv on the 40 yard line and the best seats in the house and keep numbers and be at every game. And it was like, I was living a dream. So I got to write all this stuff down, and I gave it to my daughters. And one of my daughters, Kelsey, said, "Well, Dad, you got to let other people read this." And I was like, "Oh, I'm just writing it for you guys, honey, and stuff." And she said, "Oh, but other people need to read this, and you need to." Coach Merv's family needs to write what you say about him. And I was like, "Okay." So I just kept writing and writing and writing. And this last year, I decided I'm going to make this thing into a book. And I'm going to really, I'm going to make it work. And I talked to several publishing houses, and a lot of them wanted to take out the religion part about my life. And it's basically my life and coach's life kind of intertwined, the things that we did and all the things he told me. And it's kind of like my life story. I wrote it kind of as a legacy for my family, but then I, I wanted Coach Murr's family to have it, and they were excited about it, and they liked it. And so I thought, but the publishers would say, I don't want the religion part in there, but I want, but some people said they just wanted the religion, they didn't want as much football, and da da da. And I basically got down to the end on a Friday, and I said, you know, I'm just going to publish this baby myself and print up about 10 copies and hand it to the coach's family and my family and just be happy with it. And a guy from Deeds Publishing, Bob Babcock, called me and said, I want to print this book. I want us to publish this book, and I'll print it exactly the way you write it. I will check the punch, you know, punctuation and all the English and grammar stuff, but I don't want to take anything out. I don't want to change it. I don't want to take out your pictures. I don't want to da-da. 
And I said, I'll do it. There and you go. There we go. That's awesome. And uh, the book is Sooners Forever. Uh, Dennis Stats Kelly with Coach Merv Johnson. And, you know, you guys, I know a lot of you, uh, the ladies love to get the early Christmas gifts. If you've got a Sooner fan in your life, this would be a great one, man. This would be a great gift. And we're going to let Dennis tell you how to get the book here in just a little bit. i got to know, though, you're traveling uh, with these these people that we know so well, T-Row, obviously Teddy, uh, Drake and, uh, and Andrew Shepard, and it's a, obviously it's a great crew. But I ask, who's the most high-maintenance person on the road? Now, Drake told me it was you. We are thinking it's actually Drake. Um, can you give us an insight on maybe who is the most high-maintenance person, in your opinion, on the road with these guys? Well, you know, Gabe is pretty – He's big league. Um, this Gabe probably goes private jet, right? Yes, that's that's the thing. We all we all drive. We catch the team flights, or we keep catch the staff flights, and then all of a sudden Gabe appears. And he's when we go to eat, he's the guy that grabs the menu and orders about fourteen different hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> he's just he's just he's. He's working with a different range of specialties. Uh, Teddy would rather not visit with anyone or look at anyone at all. So he's really not all that high maintenance. Teddy's he's, locked in is what he's, he's right. locked and in, you right? Don't, you know, he's, he's still kind of scary. So you just sort of, well, let's don't talk to Ted about that. Um, if, if Ted could get by without really – communicating with anyone, he would do it. Well, as you guys know that. I mean, he would rather not. He's the only guy on the radio that talks for a living that would rather not talk. <laughs> and uh, I'm a little bit Drake, like that at home, I will say, yeah. honestly. Yeah, yeah there's a lot, a lot of you guys don't You're want to talk You're talked out. I understand. You get people texting you all the time, asking you sooner questions. You know, it's crazy. And Teddy's got to be ten times what I get. Oh, I know, I know, I know. He's He's been a star. Since he's about in the sixth grade, you know, he's always been the guy, everybody, you know, hey, Teddy, what about this? What about this? You know, he's the, always the guy, but I would, but he would, he would rather not talk. Now, Drake, he has his moments. He's, he's kind of a breakfast guy. He's, he's not just going to take just an old flapjack deal. He wants to work, work the breakfast thing. And he really thinks he's kind of a breakfast Hmm. On a sewer. I think he maybe he's been hanging around Joe C a little bit and learned that craft from Joe Castiglione because I heard he is the he is the ultimate breakfast connoisseur. So yeah. but Drake is really not that high. T Row has got to be a little bit locked in also because you're thinking about the broadcast. But yeah. so, so you're telling us that Teddy, uh, no talk Teddy, and uh, Gabe is going in style wherever he's going. There's no doubt. I mean, us commoners, we have to fly and coach and everything. I get it, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. But it's a great crew. Yeah. It is a great Frank, crew. Frank's kind of his own guy. And mm-hmm. We need to get him as quick as we can to some kind of phone or setting because he's probably going to be doing another radio <laughs> That's show right. any yeah. moment. Plank, Plank's in transit doing a show. That's all I imagine. Right, right. Where, wherever yeah. he's going and whatever mode of transportation he's in, he's either preparing for a show or on the air somewhere. So, That's But right, it's a right. great crew. Yeah. It's really one of the best broadcast crews out there. Everybody on the crew is great. you got 
Obviously, I think T. Rose tremendous. Teddy's great. I always love his inside. Gabe and the plank are great sideline guys. Um, and, you know, Drake's pretty good at what he does, too. So, there yeah, you go. Drake, Drake is really a techno whiz. He is. No. Okay, Stats, how do you get the book? How do people get your book? Uh, go to uh, Deeds, D-E-D-S, publishing.com, and then backslash product backslash Sooners dash forever. Deedspublishing.com backslash products backslash Sooners dash forever. So get to Deeds Publishing. And uh, do you have a link to that on your Twitter page or anything? If you want to put that out, we'll retweet it. But the book is Sooners Forever. I would just, you probably could go into Google search too and put Sooners Forever, Deeds Publishing, Dennis Kelly, Stats Kelly, uh, Merv Johnson, all of that, and find it. But it would be a great Christmas gift for people, a Sooner fan. Uh, I know a lot of people buy those early Christmas presents. And if you have some that you're still looking for, for a big OU fan, this would be a great gift for them. Sooners Forever is the book. Dennis Stats Kelly with Coach Merv Johnson. Find that. Deeds Publishing, again. And uh, just do a search for Sooners Forever, and you'll be able to find that. All right? And if we get a link, we'll send that out for you. Stats, thank you very much. Appreciate your time. Enjoy your off week, all right? All right. I'm going to enjoy it. I tell you, it was one for the ages, and uh, it came at a great time. And I have watched that final drive probably 38 times, and it never gets old. I, I don't think that will be getting a hold of any time for Sooners fans, no uh, doubt. Thank you, Dennis. Well, all, yep, thank you, Mike. Appreciate you. All right. Dennis Stats Kelly joining us. His book, Sooners Forever, Deeds Publishing. Again, Sooners Forever with Coach Merv Johnson. Let's break right here. Come back. We've got another segment to go. We'll get to some texts, 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Hour number two rolls on, presented by Oklahoma Generator. Keep it here. Riverwind Casino, ladies and gentlemen, uh, they've added new shows and tickets uh, will go on sale Friday. You've got Ron White coming now December 30th, the legendary Ron White's Blue Collar Comedy Tour was uh, great back in the day. Ron White, I always thought was the best part. But uh, December 30th, Ron White coming back to the Showplace Theater. Tickets available on Friday and Midland will have a show on New Year's Eve, December 31st. How about that? Ron White, December 30th, Midland, December 31st. Uh, coming to the Showplace Theater. Tickets available beginning on Friday. And again, uh, be ready. You can get them at the box office at 8 a.m. or online at riverwind.com. We've got a big show with Carly Pierce at the Showplace Theater coming up this Saturday night. We have a huge show, Beats and Bites, Fall Edition, on a Sunday night, October 22nd. The Gin Blossoms and Tonic will be taking uh, the Coop Ale Works Beats and Bites stage on that Sunday night. Tickets available. They're only 10 bucks. For a Beats and Bites show, great food trucks everywhere, all the best local food trucks, crafts, uh, arts and crafts out there, games for the kids, kids under 12 get in free. The Gin Blossoms and Tonic, October 22nd. Also in October, Rodney Carrington, October 27th. So, in uh, the new shows, tickets going on sale on Friday for Ron White, his show at the Showplace, December 30th, and Midland, their show, New Year's Eve at the Showplace Theater. Tickets available again on Friday at riverwind.com early in the morning. And uh, then uh, you can get them at the casino box office as well. Always something great happening at Riverwind Casino. Simply the best. Okay, 
405-651-3439. I'm in the midst of uh, getting a link out of here that Drake sent me for Stats Book. So uh, we'll do that. But uh, we've got some text, Parker Thune, to close it out before we get locked in at 2 o'clock. Yeah, we do. To the text line we go. Local Ohio says, uh, in reference to Stats' claim that Dylan Gabriel's drive might be the greatest in Sooner history, he says, Paul Thompson's 98-yard drive against Nebraska in the Big 12 Championship is top five in OU football history for sure. There you go. Yeah, I think uh, that was, you know, Paul Thompson, uh, what a great dude he was. And that was a huge, absolutely one of the biggest drives. Kind of gets lost uh, in the shuffle a little bit because the latest is always the greatest. But anything that happens that dramatic of the Cotton Bowl, it's hard to ever forget one of those of the Cotton Bowl. Shoot, man, you can't help but kind of feel bad for Paul Thompson. Right, because if Gordon Reese doesn't Gordon Reese, that's right. Then Paul Thompson is probably playing for a national championship. Yeah, great teammate, great dude, Paul Thompson, no doubt about it. Ugh. The Oregon Ducks. Zane says Blake Bell against Oklahoma State. That another good, good one. one. Jalen Saunders, corner of the end zone. Uh, back to the present day, an eight one seven listener asks: Do we have options at punter and kicker? They will lose us a game before it's over. Brent Venables was asked about that last night. He said he has faith in the guys that are currently occupying those roles. Josh Plaster has not been good at punter. And Zach Schmidt has been prone to error in the field goal game. But Venables, it was interesting, he chalked Schmidt's miss up to the wind. On Saturday, he said the wind gets swirling at the Cotton Bowl. He got that kick up in the wind, and it just died. I I find it really, really hard to excuse a miss from 45 yards that fell well short, Steely. Well short. It was a weird, weird sight to see a kick from 45 yards out fall that far short of the crossbar. And the Sooners do have issues on special teams. No question about that. They haven't been very special on uh, many occasions. Uh, and again, they, like I said, all this stuff about Texas. Oh, my gosh, just Texas and bumbled and stumbled. And it's so unlike Texas, you know. Like I said, I didn't see, like, uh, Quinn Ewers just running, uh, you know, and just dropped the ball. I saw the Sooners hit him hard, Peyton Bowen. I saw the Sooners make some really good plays. Uh, and the Sooners had, you know, their special teams blunders too. So people act like Oklahoma brought its A-plus game in Texas was like at a D-minus, and that's not reality, not even close. Five-star text from Cherokee Sooner, our consensus number one overall texter on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. USC is an 80-year-old sphincter. Notre Dame is a fiver bar. It's going to get ugly in South Bend. Man, I hope so. I hope it gets really ugly. Like, total domination. But USC's going to score. I just hope that Notre Dame, um, you know, who hasn't lit up the USC defense? This might be the Sam Hartman comes out and throws for 600 yards game because I think he's been disappointing so far. 600 yards, huh? I'm going to go. Going to Sharpie that? Sam Hartman. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go. Sam Hartman throws for. See, I think they'll run the ball quite a bit, too. Just going to be fun. 
I want to see mules, you smug face, taking an L. Spence in Tulsa says, we're in the bye week 6-0, and and our only complaint is the kicking game. I'll take it. They, they, look, Brent talked about they still got to get better. But, man, 6-0 and and a win over Texas and being in the college football playoff conversation and favored in every game out, that's a good spot to be in. Good spot to be in. And I like this staff to keep these guys locked in. Absolutely do. Doesn't mean they're not going to, you know, potentially give up one. Speaking of but, locked in. Yeah, it's coming up next. All your sooner recruiting news and more. And uh, a lot of good things happening there as well. All right, Riverwind Casino, thank you, thank you, thank you. Get out and uh, play with your wild card today. Get the extra entries for the Friday night frights drawing. Get out there and win your share of $80,000 in cash and bonus play. want to thank Oklahoma Generator for sponsoring hour number two. And you guys, members of the Ref Army, for doing another great job on the text line today. Much appreciated. Stay tuned. We do have Locked In coming in next.